All right, in our continued series about the Alien franchise, we have another shorty today. We are talking about the Pokeologists on <laughs> the Prometheus planet. They go through and poke everything. When um, in doubt, fucking touch it. Touch it. Take your helmet off and touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rumi and I are going to take our helmets off and touch everything about these two stupid fucking movies. <laughs> Yes, we are. We will also be releasing a sync up commentary track. While we watched this movie and planned for this episode, we uh, said some stuff that we thought was pretty funny. So you can hear us sort of lay the groundwork for this episode and watch uh, a terrible movie with it. Uh, it's pretty funny. It'll be on our website. We'll catch you at the end. Ignition sequence start. Six, five. Well, Matt, I think it's time we talked about Prometheus. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Um, yeah, Prometheus. This was the <clears throat> quote-unquote prequel to Aliens, but was more just at the Mountains of Madness with a little sprinkle of aliens thrown in to make it confusing. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it is fucking terrible um it's pretty it's pretty it's a shiny turd that they polished up real nice but you stick your finger in a couple of centimeters and it's just pure shit i still say if it was <laughs> called you know random space alien-esque movie it would be fine but the fact that it is supposed to be alien related just ruins it for me it, it's very stupid and like Rumi said, you got to make a lot of allowances, and I can make a lot of those allowances, but when you call it an alien movie and this is what it's about, I have a lot of trouble accepting any of it. So There are just too many, too many things that did not elevate the balloon, and my suspension of disbelief was deflated on the floor. I mean, if I tried to explain to you what it's about, I, it wouldn't make sense well, because... I can explain because... Go ahead. <laughs> I read At the Mountains of Madness an H.P. Lovecraft novel about people who go to Antarctica. This is real. H.P. Lovecraft wrote a book, the, the, the father of Cthulhu and the Cthulhu mythos, wrote a book called At the Mountains of Madness. It's about people who go to Antarctica. They find an ancient civilization, remnants of an ancient civilization, <clears throat> that created a substance called the Shagas. And these were basically a DNA that could create anything they wanted to do anything they wanted. Just like the black goo in Prometheus. And that being took over and destroyed that society. Just like in Prometheus. This movie was a direct retelling of At the Mountains of Madness, but with alien DNA tossed in there to try and fuck up your love for... An earlier franchise. That's the thing I don't get is just make this a different movie. It doesn't have to be alien. It's no. You're telling such a different story. This, what Prometheus sets out to do is to tell where did the aliens come from? Like, yeah, they came from eggs, they came from queens and shit, but where did that come from? And it proposes that, like, they were engineered by another species for one reason or another. And, like, as crazy as that sounds, 
they go they they're talking about a planet called LV223. Yeah. Whereas the alien the planet that that is aliens is LV426. Yeah. My brain is like trying hard to figure out what order to tell you these facts from the movie. First of all, as a prequel, <laughs> does it look like a prequel? No. No, it's it's got the and I'm going to compare it a lot to Phantom Menace, but it's got that, like, everything is nice and shiny, everything is nice and smooth. Doesn't feel lived everything in. Everything is bright, bright. Yeah, it doesn't feel lived in. The computer systems and everything are all minority report. It all looks beautiful and clean and new. It looks the opposite of what everything looks in Alien and Aliens, which is supposed to take place after this movie. Yeah. But it just sets about to tell... The backstory of how aliens became to be aliens. Which I realized from watching this movie, I didn't need or want. Nobody asked for that. Yeah. And I, when when I watched Alien Covenant, which sadly we will discuss in a moment or two, it it's almost like George Lucas weighed in and was like, yo, Ridley, you know what <laughs> you should tell the prequel story <sighs> to? Right. And he's like, Alien? Oh, so, like, just tell, like, maybe we can tell how that one ship got to LV-426, or we can just tell a story that happens first that mm-hmm. also includes the alien. And George Lucas was like, no. Why don't you tell a story about a whole nother group of aliens and also a robot that somehow masterminded the destruction of the human race and also the rise of this other alien? And Ridney Scott was like, oh. So, like, can he... I- can I put some black goo in yeah, there, too? Yeah, like, so he takes eggs? No. George Lucas said, no. It's not eggs anymore. It's going to be this goo. And Ridley Scott goes, but it came from eggs? No. It came from these, like, flower vases, I guess. And Ridley Scott was like, okay, but what's in the flower vases? George Lucas goes, venom goo. Because <laughs> mm, nothing makes more awesome than venom. <laughs> and Ridley Scott was like, well, but then people have to touch it? George Lucas goes, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. We'll just put a bunch of scientists in the movie who touch everything. Touch everything. I mean, I can, we can start right there. These are scientists who come to this planet and immediately start touching everything. Taking their helmets off. We breathing. just watched the movie, okay? Yeah. At 27 minutes into the movie, they're in the airlock preparing to go outside on the planet. Yeah. Six minutes later, they all have their helmets off. Yeah. Six Minutes. Now, you could suppose that in movie time that took more. Six minutes. Yeah. And and, and I'm going to bring this up. I, I was telling Matt, if you are a scientist, you know the quote-unquote curse of King Tut. The dudes who found <clears throat> King Tut both died of weird circumstances, and people were like, it's a curse. No, one of them died from breathing dirty fucking air, from, high, from crawling <laughs> through tombs and breathing mummy dust and all this nasty shit, and he got an infection and it killed his ass. You don't take your helmet off in dirty I old tombs. I just fucking figured out how they could have fixed that movie, too. How? How? While you were just saying that, I was like, why did they even take their helmets off? What does that buy them? Nothing. And... Oh, oh, here's why. Because they couldn't shoot the movie with the glass helmets on. A lot of those glass helmets are CGI, and that's a pain in the ass to do. Oh, there you go, because that's what I was thinking. Period. What you could have done was, you could have had to get into that temple, Mm -hmm. or maybe they got into the first part of that, I don't know, pyramid they were calling it. What they could have done was gotten to a spot where they had to wiggle through, and the helmets were too big. Then at least there's some contextual reason 
for scientists to take their helmet off. But other than once you got in a room can. big enough to put your helmet back on, you shouldn't be breathing that air. <laughs> like we're in a I tomb. totally agree. We're in some sort of temple that hasn't been lived in in thousands of years. I don't know what space dust is in here. I don't know what garbage is in here. But they're like, no, nah, it's totally cool. Let's don't take our helmets it. off. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. And they come up with a stupid reason to. Oh, they've been. There's air in here. There's been terraforming. It's like, why explain that shit? What? Just leave your helmets on. I get it. CGI is expensive, but come on. The original movies had real helmets and everybody wore them and it was fine. It was, fine. It was totally fine. But they go around touching everything, learning the language immediately because they got that robot. And he's beep booping, touching everything. And immediately <laughs> somehow figures out how to turn on their old home security cameras, which creates full life-size holograms that kind of show them what went on. Which, to me, what is the purpose other than, hey, we know how to do it with computers. But if that's a security system or a, or a camera or some sort of like recording device, why would it be real-time like that? Why wouldn't it be localized to something that you could watch it all at once? If, if that was your home security and you're like, <laughs> I need to find out who, who stole from my house. Burglarized. Burglarized. I can't even say that word. <laughs> Who robbed from me? You wouldn't want to like have to follow the burglar around the house. You'd, yeah, you'd want to look at it on like one tape. like around the whole spaceship. Yeah. So they're like walking around the spaceship. It was just what it really is is a stupid device to explain to the audience what happened to the race of creatures that ran the because spaceship. Because these people are too stupid to do any sort of real <clears throat> forensics and figure out what happened, even though it's pretty fucking obvious. Wow, look at all these people piled up in a corner dead. Some <laughs> shit happened. It was bad. Some, scientifically, I think some shit happened. Nothing from that hologram explains to them why they need the hologram. That's they true. could have just found all the people like, hey, let's go down this hall. Wow, look at all these dead bodies. That must have been bad. That that is the same amount of explanation that they get from the stupid holograms. <laughs> that is true. It makes no sense. It just it just is one bad idea after another. And like contextually in the story, they immediately take their helmets off. Yep. Two minutes after they take their helmets off, there are scientists sticking their fingers into goo. They're touching things and unlocking and unscrewing things. They don't know what they are. And Spoiler alerts, like, the robot has ulterior motives and shit. Michael Fassbender has ulterior motives, and you can understand, like, you're a robot, and you want this shit to happen, so you're touching shit. But scientists are taking their helmets off touching. The scientist who is making a map of the area gets lost. Yeah. How can you expect me to take your fucking movie seriously? Yeah. The two scientists who pull out map balls that are making maps get lost and then then proceed to touch everything that they find everything touch they the, those two guys yep. first of all all the other scientists go back to the ship without them they don't even realize that nobody knows where they are yeah i mean because they have balls that can map the entire place but no trackers that are like oh those two guys are lost why don't you grab them before you come back they don't go hey where'd those two guys go until they're back at the ship <laughs> Nobody does a roll call that's before like you, you leave. Go back, like that's like if you go to Target, you come home without your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like they have all this technology, but they can't track their own people. I mean, fuck. And those two doofuses are trapped on the planet during some storm that is big, and you can't go out in it. And and they find some 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 penis snakes. Oh, immediately. Dude, so they find a penis snake, mm -hmm. and the guy whose expertise it is is like animals. I don't know. He's. A, are, they, are they both rock scientists? No, I don't just know. the one guy okay. was a rock scientist. 
The other guy leans up to it and is talking to it. And it looks like a dong. It looks like the eyeball from the trash compactor from A New Hope. Yep. But then little wings on the side open and it looks just like a hooded cobra. Yeah. He leans closer and starts talking to it. He puts his hand out to touch it. I don't know if cobras are extinct by this point in Earth history, quote unquote. But any animal that does something to make itself look bigger... That is the universal sign for leave me the fuck alone. Don't get in my face. Don't don't you touch me with your stupid scientist fingers. But he goes and touches it, and it fucking jumps on his hand, and he does what all smart scientists do, flails around. <laughs> Wild. Like, I've watched some Animal Planet shows where snake experts are like, oh, look at this snake, mate. And the snake bites them. He did it. He showed me how he does it, too. Like, he did it with his arms. (laughs) And and the snake bites them, and they don't flail around. They immediately just hold their hand out and try to stay calm. Because if they freak out, that thing's going to bite harder or, like, get more agitated. So they just kind of stick their arm out away from them and just, like, kind of hang there and try and figure out how to get this jaws off of him. And it's like, no, he doesn't do that. He flails around, tells this guy to start cutting it. Stab it. No, get it. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cuts it off, grows a new penis head. <laughs> Immediately, then Rip goes into a rip in his suit and then reverse sodomizes him. Yeah, it goes down his throat. Which, again, it's like, this has nothing to do with aliens. This is some new creature you've invented, but doesn't fit into a ecology that makes sense. And it's like, you're trying to pl- you're trying to sell me at this point this black goo chaos theory thing that's like, it's a grab bag. It can do whatever. We don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. It's fucking Forrest Gump <laughs> of alien of goo. Alien. <sighs> um, it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. And they both get fucked by these snakes and covered in goo. And the whole time, nobody is paying attention to where they are, what's going on. There's just no accountability. It it's, makes... Well, you've now watched this bumbling expedition just fucking touch everything. Everything. And... Well, me and Rumi just just now just watched this movie together, and I use the term pokeologists because they're just <laughs> fucking poking everything, everything with their finger. Everything, like to the point where it's almost funny. I mean, they're like they're like cavemen. Oh, hey, what we just found this shit. What should we do? I don't know, poke it. See boop, what happens. Boop, 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 boop. They're robots touching shit. Beep boop beep boop beep boop. They're touching shit. They're like, well, I mean, the last time he touched shit started this hologram. Let's just touch this shit. Let's touch that shit. Unbelievable. You know, we're watching this. You can make fun of stupid shit like touching stuff, but when you look at it cinematically, okay, we just described the first two movies. We just described the first four movies, but the first two movies start off with a shot of space. And you slowly see a um, spaceship come into that shot. It really emphasizes the isolation, mm-hmm. how you're alone. Even if you're with 12 other people, you guys are alone. This movie starts off on a beautiful planet. It's showing wide expanses, waterfalls, huge rock formation. I don't feel tense when I see that. You know what they're showing, Rumi? Spaceship Earth. <laughs> oh, puke, puke you just totally up. don't feel like the first one right away you feel like you are confined in a certain space mm-hmm. within outer space you know what i mean the spaceship is space and that's confined in outer space this movie starts off just fucking 
on a planet. You also don't have the amazing introductions of the characters that you do in the other classic movies that we were talking about. I mean, what do you mean? You get to see them wake up and start puking? That's in all the movies, They wake up and puke. That's true. (laughs) But then you literally, it's like what you said. I tried really hard to remember what exact words you used, but you said something about, like, I don't want to know. You don't have to tell me who this guy is. Show me through dialogue and what he's doing, and I'll understand that he's the pilot. Yeah. This movie has the exact opposite. It has two or three characters sit across from each other and say, Hey, so you're the geologist, and they shake each other's hands. Yep. That's Because they've me. never met before. They've right. never met before. There wasn't any point while they weren't preparing for this mission that they weren't in the same room together. <laughs> and they go, oh, you're the captain of the ship. And Edris Elba's like, hi, guys, I'm the captain. No, they had to get to that point now. And it just... To, to even to this point even further... They don't even know why they're there. (laughs) He has to go into this elaborate holographic explanation. Don't even get me started. That wasn't okay. On Earth, they're like, "Hey, yo, you guys want to get in this big ass spaceship and go out into space? Why? We'll show you when we get there. All right, I'm in. All right, like no, wake wake me up. (laughs) That presentation of, hey guys, we have all this information that leads us to a map to a specific planet." where we think we found the origin of human species. Mm-hmm. You want to go check that out with us? And they'd be like, fuck yeah. No, these people don't seem to know why they're there. Yeah. it's It makes no sense. And it, it, it we as the audience, you know, I, we just explained to you how they wake up later on when they're about to go on this adventure, leave the spaceship. We meet a new character and it's a half-assed me. I don't even know if they give him a name. I think his name is on his helmet. But he says, oh, I'm security. Yep. And then walks away and you're like, you can't just fucking like half-ass announce characters a half hour into the movie. This movie's full of those And it does it characters. multiple times, two or three times with two or three characters. Like, who the fuck is this guy now? Who's that guy in the background? Oh, the two guys who are on the loading dock who fight the elephant man? <laughs> the guy's face is melting for no real, like, yeah. uh, for some reason, but no real reason. You can't... Two guys that we've never seen before just appear in, in the ship. You, you you really you can't have a successful movie and do that. Maybe if you're an action movie or horror movie and that's what you do, maybe it'll work. Well, but you can't make me care about a character I don't know. If the ship is so big, it's like Star Trek. On Star Trek, all the people who didn't matter had like a red shirt or right. like all the you know. I get it, but they don't establish that there's a gigantic crew. Right. Uh, right. Okay. They try to they try to introduce you to it, but in the room with the. Elab- overly elaborate hologram meeting that they have and people are like yeah well where's your proof I just showed you did you not watch yeah. the powerpoint <laughs> I just did a whole thing yeah. about it my hologram powerpoint there's like 15 people there and if you want me to believe that there's like all these extra people on the ship I think we needed to see more of them at some point to get that like oh you're going to be seeing a lot of randos that you don't know who they are but that was dumb and like <laughs> I guess we'll get to it in a second at the end <laughs> But just remember, all the randos on the ship, there's a very big decision made about their life later on in the movie. Well, I'll let you tease that, bring that bring that back. But when we're talking about the people, you know, okay, that we don't know the red shirts that are going to get killed and yeah. aren't really, like, names, fine. But, like, Idris Alba and Charlize Theron are main characters. Mm-hmm. I do not get to know either of them as a person. Now, I understand that some of that might be a directorial choice. Um, for Charlize Theron because it's implied that she may be a robot she's and that mysterious. she's got whatever. Yeah, but like you got to give me some information 
that I will then be interested in. Idris Elba is terrible at playing the squeeze box. Yeah, he's fucking playing an accordion and, like, talking about being the captain and he doesn't really seem to serve much purpose. Every time somebody talks to him, he's like, I just fly the ship. That is his character. That's all he says, I yeah. am the captain. I am the captain and I play the squeeze box. He keeps saying, yeah, he keeps saying that. You don't really care about him. Then later on, um, Charlie Theron walks into the room and they talk about boning and then they leave to bone. He is the only person that is keeping track of the two guys who are still stuck in the period. Touching shit. So, yeah. <laughs> There's this terrible storm that they ha- everyone has to run away to be safe from. And he is now watching them, I guess, on the monitors and leaves to go pork Charlize Theron, which is like a noble enough pursuit as it is. But they have a machine, okay, that can read people's dreams. Yeah. When he comes back from Bone Town, he can't figure out where these two guys are. There's and, no way and, to find them. And waits till everybody else wakes up to be like, hey, uh, all these people are, you know, I don't know where they went. Well, you got to go find them. Like, I would have raised that alarm immediately. <laughs> like, shit, I don't know where my dudes are. Like, there's no panic there about it. He's like, no, oh, these two jokers aren't showing yeah. up on the map anymore. This weird solid line where their heartbeat should be seems to be up there. I don't know what that means. Like, it's just such negligence. And and the first movie is about truckers in space. The second movie is about Marines in space. The third movie is about prisoners in space. The fourth movie is about smugglers and pirates in space. <laughs> the fifth movie, the prequel, is about idiots in space. Right. <laughs> because none of these people make smart decisions about... You know, it should be about scientists, but it's not. It's about idiots. And you could think that we're nitpicking and making fun of, and that is true. But think of it like this. Think about any English class that you went to where you talked about a story. You can't have a story if you don't care about the characters. You need to care. So when you look at this scene where Idris Elba and um, Charlize Theron comes into Bone, why is that happening? They're not in love. They've had no scenes together where one expressed an interest in the other. It's so you can see Idris Elba say the line, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, to quote a song. That is it. Like, why? And the only That's thing, it. The only thing I can understand is as a plot device to get him away from the monitors. But it makes no sense. Like, why? Why would that? So well, all, I think or, a better plot device was if he saw it happening. was like, oh, my God, my yeah. people are Because <laughs> ah. it does. It, that's true. It wouldn't matter in the long run. The only thing I can think of is that the um, George Lucas got in his ear again and was like, hey, <laughs> want me to help you write this love story? And he was like, are you good at writing love stories? And George Lucas was like, duh, I wrote Anakin and Padme in the prequels. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> it's like, oh, you mean just have them be in love? Deal. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we get too far away about it, can we talk about the duffel bag with the head in it? <laughs> <laughs> So they find a head on the planet, a decapitated head, and they stuff it in a duffel bag and carry it back with them while the storm's coming. And it's a very intense moment where they drop the duffel bag and run back to get it. And the scientist picks it up and and brings it inside. They take it to the science room. (laughs) And they find out that the head is not a head, but a helmet with a head inside. And they open it and take it off. And this you know, Adonis beefcake pale dude, the engineer head is inside, but she goes, 
I can't lift the helmet. Oh, because before, she to pick up the helmet, yeah. she needs two women are trying to do it, and they say, we can't lift it, we and they can't have the robot it. come over And the robot help. comes over and, and picks up the top of the helmet. That lady was running around with it in a duffel bag just two scenes earlier. Maybe it's not necessarily heavy. It's just awkward to carry. <laughs> like, you know, like if you try to move, like, Maybe. an air conditioner. Like, an air conditioner, if you could get it on your shoulder, you could carry it yourself, but it's too big. Yeah. Maybe that's what she Maybe meant. that's it, but two and people should And the duffel bag, be... she had... A strap. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it now. <laughs> Fixed no, it. No, it makes no sense. Fixed it. Now Prometheus is it awesome. Makes, oh, it makes no, no sense. No sense. Um, the other thing that I cannot fucking get over is... Indigo colored, light blue, see-through holograms in the air that you can Everywhere. touch and move shit around. Ugh. It was awesome in Minority Report. It might have been bearable in the next movie that used it. It's Everybody in, else, can we please get our new ideas? It's in fucking Batman. It's in like the Dark Knight and shit. Yes. Everybody has floaty blue transparent screens that they can touch. Why is it is that a digital thing to make it blue? Like why does it have to be so, blue? All these all these effects, all the particle effects, all the cities collapsing. All the blue lights, it's all from CGI advancement. Right now, everybody is hot. Everybody figured out how to do that. That's the hot thing to do. It's it's something that looks cool aesthetically, but is so overused because everyone figured out how to do it. Everybody figured out how to make particle shit happen. And so now everything explodes with a million of particles. Mm-hmm. All the, the floaty smoke clouds that people can make now that it has become easy enough to do that. Everyone can afford it for their movie. All right. So if you have a big budget movie, you have floating clouds of shit, beams of shit and blue <laughs> transparent technology that you can touch. That's in everything now because CGI has come to that point. And right now that is the <clears> pinnacle <throat> of what CGI is, is, millions of particles that can form shapes and do shit <coughs> massive destruction on a citywide level and blue touchy stuff that floats in the air <laughs> i just i and i was thinking about this last night when i was watching the movies does every generation have one specific idea of what the future looks like and at a certain point it gets old so for like me last night i'm watching it uh, or t- today we were watching this and when i was watching covenant i was like uh Enough with the fucking flying blue hologram touching the air shit. Like, that's the only thing we, at this point in cinema, can think is going to be the future of technology. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I guess, like, in the 70s, 80s, we thought everything would be video, right? Video phone, video call, call another room via video. (laughs) And I wonder, like, me in the 70s or 80s, I'd be like, ugh, enough with the video phones. (laughs) Like, can't we do something different? And it's like if the Jetsons are like, oh, enough of the flying cars. Yeah. Enough with the antennas. Everybody had an antenna. Yeah, exactly. Antennas <laughs> and, and like the domed helmets and the rings. Oh, enough with the rings all over your future spacesuit costumes. Oh, another robot with pincers for hands? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pincer hand robots. Like, can't we design another robot? Yeah. I just, I can't get over that shit. And it's. Everywhere. Everywhere. You watch Alien starts with the the ship waking up from Mm -hmm. sleep. And it's... Super analog. Not for a fucking second does it hurt me at all. Well... In the least. And and again, stop making prequels that don't look like they add up to the movie they're supposed to be prequeling. Sure. I agree with that. I... I, Like, this movie should have been all analog, giant tube TVs, tube monitors, and that green... 
chicka 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 dan, 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 dan. like it needed to be all that shit <laughs> what did it do chicka 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 <laughs> eh, eh, eh. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. they can read dreams in this movie but in aliens they don't get that technology they can read dreams in this movie but they they couldn't fucking record those two guys camera feeds while Idris Elba was banging Charlize Theron. But, but their map making balls came in perfect. Right. Um, this dude has a Rubik's Cube that can project holograms but in the Aliens movie they need they need to find an actual physical blueprint map to figure out where people might be hiding. Yeah. And it's like... <sighs> it, it In the ship the ships look so sleek and nice mm-hmm. in this. The other ones they were very bulky. The opposite of sleek the opposite of aerodynamic they had probes what i'm guessing are probes or antenna spiky looking things sticking out all over them greebles and nernies all over the place what's that greebles and nernies (laughs) yeah like crazy and i don't understand like i just it's so sad just make a goddamn good movie just make a not bad movie. i mean again this movie was a different movie that had aliens in it and i would have if you had just gone to the planet found the engineers the engineers had eggs and and that's where it left off i would have been like okay all right but instead it's like you get you know the chocolate box goo that can turn into whatever the fuck we want we don't know there's no rhyme or reason to it that just makes it muddy muddy like blood in the white milk of an android with his head cut off (laughs) just (laughs) stupid and then i mean the space abortion scene she gets impregnated with a squid because that's what that goo does. Why would it? Yeah. Oh. Makes no sense. But well, that, okay. So wait, that goo, Michael Fassbender poisoned the Tom Hardy lookalike. Yep. With that goo. With that goo. Tom Hardy boinked her. Elizabeth yep. Shaw character. Yep. He turned into, he kind of turned into a zombie thing and got himself lit on fire. So who knows what would have happened to him if he didn't... Um, Nothing alien. Try to get killed. Yeah, nothing alien related. But why would that? Impre- why wouldn't? Why? Uh, so he why, why, he has some sort of bleh. alien sickness in him, alien yep. virus in him. Yep. He boinks her, and somehow <laughs> puts a squid boinks in is her. a good word. We should use boinks more. Yeah, boink you. Note to self. Yeah. No, not not <laughs> boink you. He boinks her, impregnates her. Yeah. After she said, I can't be pregnant. Right. She established that. He makes her feel bad about it. And then bangs her. So. Yep. So he. High five, y'all. High yeah, five, y'all. <laughs> and then she gets a squid baby. <laughs> Everybody's like, don't get that squid baby out of you. We want to save that squid baby. But she says, fuck that. And she crawls in this med pod that there's. She, they make a big deal out of saying there's only 12 of them. In existence. Has the space abortion staples her stomach shut and limps away from the scene only to find that dude from Memento, Guy Pierce, has been hiding on the ship the whole time and then forgets that she has staples in her stomach, just doesn't seem to be affected by it anymore. And nobody seems to give a fuck. All the people who are like, don't get that space abortion are like, oh, hey, what's up? Check out Guy Pierce. He's here. He's got really old age makeup on. Nobody seems to care that she got rid of that alien. Nobody has asked... What happened to your alien abortion? Did you... That's true. We're theoretically like we were talking about with 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 Ash. Yeah. Ash wanted to bring that yeah. alien back. And Michael Fassbender was trying to put her in cryo freeze. 
Right. Right? And she beat him up and ran. Right? She attacked her own friends. And Is that true? Did I remember? Did yeah. I that? He, she attacks the Scottish... Went after he takes her necklace? Yeah, he attacks. She attacks the Scottish lady and attacks him, and is like, <clears throat> "I'm not going into cryofreeze." And she runs and gets her space abortion in the med pod, and then everybody who was like, "Yeah, don't do that," <laughs> just ignores it. Nobody's like, "Why do you have staples in your stomach? Why are you bleeding everywhere? Why do you keep shooting up with drugs? What happened to the alien in your belly?" None of that. It's just like, guys. Guy Pierce is here, old age makeup, let's do this. So then they put her in a spacesuit, moments after having a space abortion, and they go <laughs> talk to an engineer who's having none of it, and this movie gets even stupider. Because he was in a cryo yeah. tube of his own. Yeah, pops in... out looking like Bane. <laughs> totally true. I mean, this movie just goes downhill from there. So they wake up the engineer. It went downhill from way before there. Well, it just takes the it take it. it it's a new level of going yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, alien penis monster. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. The ship crashes. They can't turn left and not get squished. <laughs> That's the best way you can oh, explain that. To bring back my point earlier, Edris Elba's like, I'm going to crash our ship into the alien <clears throat> ship to prevent it from getting to Earth, mm-hmm. and. The two guys in the same room with him are like, okay, yeah, we're on board. Let's die. What about the other assholes on the ship who we've seen running around? What about the dudes in the, like, the, the, the loading bay area? Oh, the other anonymous red shirts that we haven't yeah. been introduced They're to? They're like, whoa, the ship's going awful fast. Wow, what's happening right now? <laughs> Nobody has gone online and been like, guys, we're all going to die. Sorry. If you want to go hang out with Charlize Theron in, on, the, on the planet's surface, get in a, get in do you a think pod everybody, right now. Do you think all those assorted people were already gone, like killed? I don't, I don't know. We haven't seen it. <laughs> Nobody told us this. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's happening. It's just stupid. So he crashes the ship all epically, and the ship lands and starts rolling on its side like a coin, and everybody just decides to ride in a line along with it and not turn left or right to not be crushed by it. And yeah, the, the heroine, Elizabeth Shaw, accidentally trips yeah. and rolls out of the way. It was an accident. How she far was would you to say she rolled? It. How far would you say she rolled? Feet. Yeah. Right? Easily. Less than 10 feet. Which also tells me that ship is really fucking skinny. Skinny. (laughs) Charlie's Theron gets crushed because she's an idiot and can't turn left. And then... And you don't care. You don't even feel happy. Like, you don't feel good. You don't feel bad that, like, oh, no, one of our crew that I identify with is dead. And you don't feel happy, like, oh, good, at least that bitch got what she deserved. You feel nothing. Nothing. So then... The one thing that got ejected from the ship was this Shirley Theron's room with a piano in it and the med pod. <laughs> and Elizabeth Shaw finally goes, oh, yeah, I just aborted a space squid. I better go check on that because nobody else did. She gets an axe because the last we saw, it looked like she killed the thing. And, and it was also, you know, what it, <laughs> you know what it looked like when what? it came out? The little white squid from Mario Brothers. Right? That's what it looked like. It was that size. It was like maybe the size of a fist. Yeah, it's the size of maybe her arm, tentacles and all. And she shows up and this thing has turned into an eight foot tall. With Starro. A... It looked like Starro, Starro from JLA. Yeah, right? It's Starro from JLA with 15 foot tentacles. 
the engineer shows up because he survived that crash. <laughs> she opens the door for him to get raped by the giant, giant tentacle monster. So it turns into a X-rated Japanese anime. <laughs> she goes and get collects the head of the stupid flute playing robot. Oh, this girl just picks up heads nonstop. Nonstop, stuffing them in duffel bags, left and right. <laughs> That's right. She sticks this one in there too. She goes, "Sorry." He goes, "Oh, don't worry." And she flies away with David, right? But that's not the end. It treats us with a little bit more. Cuts back to the engineer. Yep. Oh, so the the Starro when Starro goes on top of the engineer, it we see Starro has multiple little teeth bitey mouths not like a face hugger yeah and it goes on top of them and they collapse and then they like shudder and then stop moving yeah and then later when it cuts back starro is gone starro may have rolled i mean i don't know if it's gone gone Maybe, i don't know if we see over, a lump of him but it's the, not on yeah. top of him anymore yeah. and he uh, it he's went off to there. smoke a cigarette it's like that was good for <laughs> My me break yeah <laughs> the engineer is lying there and his chest starts to convulse like he's going to have a chest burster, which we've seen in four prior movies. Yep. And we as the movie-going public who have seen this franchise now know something rips open his chest. A hue, It looks like a shark fin goes mm-hmm. back and forth. And then what I can only describe as a child's of maybe four or five's halfway decent drawing of an alien... <laughs> colored navy blue for some reason Ugh, neon like yeah bright blue crawls out and it is about the same size as the engineer like yeah, i don't know how, how did it fit in there maybe it's growing as it's emerging but it's not making that very clear it doesn't make sense that it would be inside of the engineer no it doesn't it's humanoid it has legs and two legs and two arms and hands it has no eyes it has a triangular head that goes back like a shark fin head is the only like way I can think to say fin. it. Yeah, it's the shark critter. And then it yells, and when it yells, what looks like when <laughs> when Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice disguises himself <laughs> by pulling his face out. Yeah. That's what it looks like comes out. So it's not like the traditional alien mouth, alien second inner tongue mouth that we're used to. It's like another one comes out. It almost looks like his skull is trying to push out through its mouth. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Screams and then the movie ends. It's and it just leaves you going, "What the fuck?" Not in a good way, but in a stupid way. Like I feel like you just made aliens so confusing. You took the best ecology ever put <clears throat> in a sci-fi character and made it so confusing and muddy and 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 the whole thing is to what end? Like, what was the purpose of that? So that you could tell us that eggs go back, uh, aliens go back even further than the eggs? Like, Yeah, and what's the point of that? Nobody, nobody wants to see prototypes. We like finished products. <laughs> it was dumb. It was so dumb. I got so salty from that movie. I agree. I, I couldn't stand it, and I feel like... If it was called Prometheus, an extraterrestrial movie, I would think, oh, that's a pretty stupid movie. But like, okay, it has a beginning, a middle, and end. It it tells a story and things happen. But it calls itself an alien movie, an alien prequel. And you're like, what, what connects that movie to any of the other movies? It's and they, so and they were saying, oh, we'll tell you. Stick around for more movies. And you're like, great. 
Awesome. Can't wait for that shit to happen. Like, but it wasn't true. I, I it, But it wasn't true. I mean, it's just like the, <sighs> there was an easy point A to point B. Go there, find the eggs, great, we're done. But this was like, no, we're gonna loop you around like eight more revolutions before you even figure jack shit out. And we haven't even like mentioned a lot. They have a synthetic, an, a robot played yeah. by Michael Fassbender, who in this movie like gets it in his head to be the I mean, I guess he's the Prometheus character of trying to help the engineers' plan of killing killing humanity for yeah. some reason. He's helping that along by carrying the viruses around and and tricking people and implementing people and yeah, saving... tricking people. Why, I, I don't understand why any of that is happening. There's a whole, like, at the very least subplot, if not master plot, of him being the agent of that shit happening. Yeah. And and I don't know why, other than he's disgruntled that people keep calling him an android. <laughs> he's disgruntled. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to our Prometheus Bash. Tell us what you think on our Facebook. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram, Launchpad Pod. And, uh, yeah, leave a review. Send us uh, what you thought. Maybe you like this movie. Maybe you're wrong. I don't know. Next, we are in the finale of our Alien franchise series as we go into Alien Covenant the touching continues. <laughs> the touching. <laughs> the touching. <laughs>